Hi, friends. Um, welcome back to my podcast. As you may know, um, my name is Christian, and I am your favorite local flight attendant based in Houston. <laughs> so, um, originally on this episode, um, I was going to be talking about a recent trip that I had, and but I realized that it was kind of a boring trip. I may talk about it later. <laughs> but um, I woke up. Uh, recently, well, you know, I just woke up from a five-day, five-year nap, you know, recently, <laughs> and <laughs> that was stupid, and um, I, um, something told me to talk about um, my harsh beginnings and how me getting into this industry was a little rough, and mental health, because um, recently I read an article about flight attendants are committing suicide, and nobody's really... Nobody's really caring about it, and I feel like I should talk about my experience about me and mental health and my beginnings as a flight attendant. So it may not be as funny. I'm not sure. It may crack a joke here and there because I'm just a morbid person. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I hope y'all still stick around to listen to it. And if you do listen to it, thank you. And if you don't, thank you, and you can suck my big toe. So yeah, let's start from the beginning. So about it's 2019. So in 2016, that's when I started applying for jobs, for flight attendant jobs, because I think it was 2016, one of the two. Well, it's 2016, 2017, I don't remember. But I was starting applying for flight attendant jobs because at that point in my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was living in my hometown, small hometown, uh, was just depressed. I had no friends, no real, like nobody I was really close to, I guess, no friends. And, um, I was going through it. I had already been going through it, <laughs> but you know, I didn't have a car or anything. So I was just kind of a loner, I guess you could say. But, um, I saw one of my classmates posts about her being a flight attendant and I got interested in it. And I started doing some research. She added me to a Facebook group. And I was asking questions and yada, yada. But then I just, nobody was really answering them. So I decided to take initiative and go to Google like a, a normal person. <laughs> so I went to Google, looked up all these airlines. And I had an interview. I, I did an interview for this one airline. And I did great. Um, I got invited to the training it's called a um so if you get the job it's called a cjo which is a conditional job offering you yes it's a job offer but you don't have the job you literally have to go to training and complete it and then you get the job it's it's with every airline it's it's rough but yeah so i get the cjo i go to said location up north and you know it was only going to be about four weeks of training and I met one of my, I met a friend there. He was pretty cool. And the, it was, to me, I'm a really bad test taker. So in training, they were kind of telling us about how, what was expected. And my class, the class that I was in was, was, it wasn't huge, huge, but it was pretty big. And I was, I went in there thinking that it was going to be a breeze and looking back at it. Yeah, it should have been a breeze. But uh, I was stressed out from day one 
for for one thing, I went to that. I went up there around January, and I didn't have a big coat, so I was freezing literally for the first week. <laughs> I had money. I'm money from um, pictures I had taken and everything, but I was one of those people I didn't want to spend money. I was just like, beauty knows no pain, and I'll just endure this cold weather, but I couldn't do it. And eventually bought a coat. But anyway, um, we had our first test. It was, it wasn't hard. It was pretty easy. It was just naming airport codes. Like going, to, I remember the one that got me was Newark, and I don't know why, but um, no, I don't know why it got me. But yeah, it was really, it really messed me up. But I, everybody passed the test. Um, you had to pass every test with a um, ninety or above. If you make an eighty nine, it's a fail. If you make an 89.4, it's a fail. You got to retake it. So, um, yeah, that was pretty stressful for me because um, I was one of those people that I could get away with a B. <laughs> I, never, I never really made straight A's. It was always A's and B's with, a, with one C. <laughs> so that was really it was really stressful. Um, I remember after taking the first test, I wanted to go home because um, – during this, the material, um, studying it and everything, I was freaking out. I was starting to get in my head. Um, I don't know if most of anybody, any of y'all know, but I have severe anxiety. It is, it's horrible. Like I could, um, I overthink, I overthink, I overanalyze and it's, it's, it's hard having it, honestly. <laughs> it's really hard. But, um, yeah, I remember, being in the classroom, the lady, she's teaching us whatever it was, and I'm looking, I'm just staring at her blank face and thinking, like, I'm not going to get past this training. I'm not going to get past this training. This is, this is intense. Like, I, I can't do this. And we had our little break, and I remember walking to the bathroom, and I just started bawling. I cried my eyes out. I don't it was I was overthinking everything. I'm looking back, I'm thinking about it now and like Christian, you're stupid. You could have got through it, but yeah, I was I was stressed. I was I was what, 21? What the time? I don't know. A long time ago. <laughs> I was 21 at the time and um I was I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I was just stressing out. And I told the instructors, like, I want to go home. And at first, they um they were like, Christian, you can do this. Like, this is this is nothing compared to other airlines. You can you can do this. But I, the little little voices in the back of my head, was like, Christian, you need to take your ass home because you can you can't do this. And I, like it it took like four or five people to convince me otherwise like to stay but me and that little voice in the back of my head they took over they were like christian you going home and i i remember um during the break they took me to this room they had me sign papers and yada yada i had to give up my um my um this little thing which is kind of security sensitive can't really say it but i think it was this little thingy <laughs> And yeah, they got me a shuttle back to a different hotel. Well, to my first hotel to pack up everything. I remember leaving my toothbrush. <laughs> I felt crusty. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they had me go to the old hotel, pack up, and then leave to go to a different hotel because they didn't want me staying with them. 
with the rest of the trainees. So they had me go to a different hotel on the other side of town, like kind of near the airport. So I had to go there. My flight wasn't leaving till like four or five or no, like five or six o'clock in the morning back to Houston. And I couldn't sleep that entire time. I was, I remember crying because I felt stupid. I really felt like an idiot for leaving training. And it was only like the first two weeks. And yeah, I look back at it and I, I just kind of regret it. I could have, you know, living lavishly, even more lavishly, I guess. But yeah, this is what happens when you have anxiety, I guess. Um, I didn't go to sleep, so I just ended up staying up and I took that flight back to Houston and I was kind of moping the entire time. I didn't tell anybody I was back in Houston either because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't want to disappoint my, um, my mom and my family because I told them, um, yeah, I was, I was dead set on going to finishing training and getting there, but, um, I ended up lying to them. I I stayed I stayed in Houston for about a week before coming back to my hometown. I told my mom like yeah they didn't have enough room for me so they had they sent me home. But in actuality, I was a little bitch that had it was just overthinking and I needed to go. So I needed to go home. And after that, like I had already I had an um, offer from another airline, but I didn't want to take it, which is my current airline because I was just I don't know. But my friends who are watching this, they were at my airline. You do know. <laughs> ah, so, uh, uh, but uh, yeah. Um, and when I got back, it was I was trying to find other jobs, other um, airline jobs in the Houston area because I was staying with my brother, and they didn't want me to go back to Lufkin because yeah, they know how horrible that town that town has been to me. So I was looking for other flight attendant jobs. I did all these interviews. didn't get a job offer. Um, but I remember that I had an offer from my current airline, and I just went ahead and accepted it. And that I, I flew out to another state location. And, yeah, and that's the beginning of that training and what I was going to talk about. And, <laughs> yeah. I know this is, I thought I was going to talk about mental health and all that stuff. But I guess it's not it's turning into more of a story, but I, I guess I'll try to get into it. I'm sorry. I kind of suck at this. So I'm at the um, other airline and, you know, I was, I was a little bit more confident in myself because I'd already did another airline's training for a little bit. So I kind of knew what I was expecting so, yeah, I was a little bit more confident, but I was still kind of quiet. Um, we took our first test, which is pretty easy, passed it. Um, the second test, the, the, um, the, what is it called, the BI, basic and doc. Yeah, that's like the basic stuff. It was 100 questions, and I studied for it, but I didn't study too hard. But um, what was a good thing about this airline, you're gonna make it, you have to make it 85 or above to pass. So that that was in my ring. Like, I, I can make an 85 on this. I, of course I can. So I take the test, and I make an, a damn 83. I failed the test by two points. And um, when um, they told the people who failed to stay in, I say in after the, um, the class is over with, I my heart, like, just dropped. Um, I told myself, I, 
I can't fail another. I can't fail a test. I can't fail another test. I can't go back to Lufkin. Um, I I kept saying to myself, if I fail this, if I fail my retake, I have to go back to Lufkin, and I'm gonna do something to myself that is. I'm gonna. I want. I wanted to kill myself because I couldn't. I didn't want to come back to this town. Um, <clears throat> it was. It's just full of horrible memories being bullied and just being kind of an outcast, I guess you could say. So um, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to fail. So um, I ended up studying and I, I eventually passed it. I passed the test, but that having this thinking about that, if I were to fail another test, I'm going, I'm getting sent back to Lufkin. And like I said, I did not want to go back to Lufkin at all. Um, I, as you may, I, I'm pretty sure all of y'all know, but I openly gay, and and Lufkin is a, a town in deep east Texas. You know, when you're driving back, when you're driving from Houston to Lufkin, you'll see a Confederate flag um, once every blue moon, and if you if you really look out for one, and so that's how you know this area is kind of rough when it comes to. You know all that stuff. You no, know, but you know the gay community is not that huge, but it's not that small as well. Um, you know, I was. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I'm I'm rambling a little bit, but um, yeah, um, just stuff kind of happened. Maybe talk about in a different episode. Just kind of stuff that happened here. But um, yeah, I didn't want to come back. I didn't want to because I knew if I if I knew if I came back to this town, um, from another airline training, I was I for sure was going to kill myself because I didn't want to be here. I didn't. I would rather die than come back to this town. But um, on a brighter note, I ended up passing training and. Yeah, I was it was stressful, but I had a good support group, and I ended up passing training with. I ended up pass, you have to make an eighty five on every test, even if you failed one. But uh, I told myself I have to make a ninety because I don't want to get into that mindset. Oh, of yeah, I can make an eighty five and still pass. But so I wanted to tell myself you have to make a ninety to pass, and <clears throat> I did, and I was proud of myself. Now, after well, in training actually, um, I I um I was broke. I had no money. I literally had no money. But um, I had um I had Tinder. I think it was like Tinder Plus, or whatever. Still on my phone from um before training. So I and I got my base assignment, which was Dallas, and I was excited because I had never I had been to Dallas before, but I've never like lived in Dallas. So and that was kind of a refreshing change. To like live four hours away from Lufkin and just kind of live in a bigger city where I can kind of be myself. And yeah, I was excited about that. So I changed my location on Tinder to um, the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I met this guy by the name of Danny. Um, he was really sweet. You know, he was kind of helping me through training as well. We ended up exchanging numbers. And I was telling him that I, I'm going to be based in Dallas. And he was like, oh, yeah, I want to meet you when you get in here and yada, yada. So, um, and that was the plan. So after that, um, so I finished training and I finished my, um, my initial operating experience and I had five days off 
to like they're called move days, which you have the uh, five days to get back into your base. So I used those five days and I had took out a six hundred dollar advance and I um went and visited Danny. He from so he lived the DFW airport is kind of in, in between Dallas and Fort Worth. So it's like, it's in a good middle ground. But um he lived in Plano, which is about a good 30 minutes away, I guess. So uh, I took that Uber to Plano and we met and from the from the beginning I knew that something was off. And I don't know, he was just really sweet over text and Tinder and yada yada, but when we met in person, he kinda he kinda shifted. And I already have enough boy problems because boys have been nothing but trash to me. And with him, that was kind of a breaking point. Uh, um, he let me stay at his dorm. He went to, he was going to UT Dallas. Well, it wasn't really a dorm. It was like an apartment or whatever. He let me stay there while he went to work. And it was really awkward, kind of, um, because, you know, we had talked about, you know, going on dates and yada, yada, and all this BS, but it never, like, happened. <laughs> it never happened. Um, come, so I told him, like, hey, I'm just going to – I have to take a trip. So I got called in for a trip, and I went back to the airport. I'm still, I was poor because that – Uber from the DFW airport to Plano is expensive. But I did it for him because, you know, he was letting me stay with him, and he was – you know, you promised that, I guess, but whatever. I'm on my trip, and I, I remember being in Moline. I think it's – where is Moline? I don't know. It's a small regional airport. Y'all don't have to worry about it. It's a tri-city. So I remember being in the air, in um, the hotel. I had, was already feeling like – I was already, like, in my feels, like, depression and anxiety were taking over. And he, he – we started Snapchatting. And he's Snapchatting me, um, him and this, him and a girl. He's by, and he's um, Snapchatting me of him and his girl. And I was like, "Who the fuck is this bitch?" And yeah, um, they were just, he was just kept he was continuously Snapchatting picture. He was sending me pictures of him and her to me, and I was like, "LOL, you can stop." <laughs> but he kept he kept doing it, and um, I. I, ooh, that was a rough night. I was, I wanted to cry. I wanted to kill myself. I remember, um, I think that was that hotel that had like a little, a little sewing pack thingy. And I wanted to get a needle and just go to town on my arm. Um, I, I don't think I did. I don't remember. It was, I don't really don't, when I, when I have nights like that, I don't remember them too much. But, um, yeah, uh, that was really rough and it was hard because like, I, I really had feelings for this guy. Uh, I thought he had feelings for me too, because, you know, in training, he was telling me all this, this stuff I wanted to hear and whatever. So I finished the trip and I asked him if he could come pick me up because I was still staying with him. I was still staying with him and playing. No, I asked him if he could come pick me up because I was broke and I didn't want to spend that much money on an Uber and he said he would and he arrived like an hour later. It's like 11 PM in, in DFW at the time. And I get to the car and there she is in the front seat. I was like, Oh, and so, um, we go back to his, uh, his time. He was living in an apartment for sure. We get to his apartment and he shows me to like the little guest room, whatever. And I, 
And he's like, have a good night. I was like, okay, have a good night. I wash my clothes and everything. And him and the girl go in the other room. And I kid you not, I hear like <laughs> they were they were fucking. They were having sex. They were having sex, full on sex in the other room. And I was I was heartbroken. <laughs> heartbroken, whatever, Christian. <laughs> I was sad. <laughs> I was sad by it. I was upset. And I remember having all these um, sleeping medication because I have a bad time. I have a hard time sleeping. So I remember getting all these sleeping medications, and I wanted to take a bunch of them um, because I wanted to end it. Like, I was, at that point, I was tired of guys, like, walking all over me and being trash to me. So, um, thankfully, I I didn't do it. Um, I only took... I only take three of them so I can go to sleep. And I fell asleep and I wake up and he's gone the next morning. And I remember I'm texting my friend, um <clears throat> texting my friend Kaylin and and she just told me to kind of leave. And I spent my last I was telling her I was like, no, I can't because I have no money. But um I ended up spending my last like <laughs> my last like $45 or something to Uber to the airport and just living out of the airport. And yeah, that was pretty rough. It was hard because I was more upset because um, I thought I had found a guy that I that it was gonna be mutual with. I guess I guess you can say, but um, I guess he saw what I really looked like in person. It's not like I airbrushed my pictures or whatever. I don't I don't do that. But um, he I guess he to me what I was thinking like. He saw what I looked like in person, and he was like, ooh. <laughs> I've had that happen before. I ha- I've had that happen before where um, a guy will see a picture of me, and when I get in person, it, I just look different to them, I guess. And it is, it's hard. It's and That's why I'm kind of insecure about myself. Um, yeah. Um, ever since then, I, it's just been like, it's been extremely hard trying to like date or whatever because I'm so insecure and people are always telling me Christian you sh- you don't need to be insecure and like well <laughs> that's easier said than done <laughs> because I I it's been two years since that but like every now and then I think if I go back to that place to where I I'm on a layover, a long layover, and I just get into my mind, get into my thoughts. And um, it's hard, especially, when, like, like, this is why I, I kind of try to tell people to um, check up on your um, your flight crew friends. Because we, like, I know for me, um, a lot of the times we do our flights a day, and then we go to our hotel, and then that's it. You're done for about... 10 up to about 30 hours and most of the time your other crew doesn't want to go out with you or talk they just want to be by themselves as well so you kind of just sit in your hotel room for those amount of hours and just overthink (laughs) i do that all the time and i try not to but yeah it's hard it's really hard with um having mental health issues and having this kind of a job it's um 
it can be isolating at times, you know? Um, especially when you're on those long layovers, it can be extremely isolating. And I wish I wish it could I wish things would get better quickly. I don't know. But um yeah, like for me, I feel like my mental health it got better with this job, but at the same time, I didn't see a huge improvement, I guess you could say. Um, you know, every now and then. So I, I'm, I'm a, I am a user of Tinder and Grinder, of course. You know. <laughs> so, um, and every time on those apps, when I say hello to somebody, I'll get hit with a um, not interested or a... That it's black guys, whatever, that kind of BS. And, you know, that really, it really hits home because in, in Lufkin, they're all, every guy was like that towards me. Like nine, like literally every one of them was just like that towards me. So to hear that, and you know, when I had, when I got this job, I thought like when I would like go to different locations, people would be more open-minded and be more nice to me or whatever, but, you know, it's just like living in Lufkin, you know, guys are still trash to me, and I feel like guys will always be trash to me because of that. I'm not crying. My, <laughs> my, um, uh, my, um, allergies have been killing me, so I'm, I'm not being a little bitch right now. Not right now, but maybe later. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I initially thought that I was going to have more friends, more gay friends with this job, date more and yada, yada. But turns out it's the complete opposite because not not a lot of guys are interested in me. And, you know, I, I try to like change up my appearance for guys too. Maybe that makes me feel more welcome within the community, but that wouldn't really help. It really, it's really not the best way to go through with it because I shouldn't change myself for somebody, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it's really, it's just, I say that I've been saying this like 20 times. It's hard. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think I wish it would get better for me, but it's been two years now and it hasn't gotten any better for me and it sucks. What's funny is that I said I wasn't going to cry in that previous segment, but right after that, I started bawling a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but um, I'm sorry. I almost want to apologize that, um, to a few of my friends, um, well, for, to everybody, because I know this really wasn't the most um, in- interesting episode. It really wasn't the most funniest episode compared to the first two, I guess. But um, I just I saw that I saw an article recently about flight attendants committing suicide and nobody's paying attention to it. And I just kind of wanted to bring awareness to it, I guess, because it's, it, it can be, it, it, it can be rough for us, you know, dealing with p- people in the air. Like, you know, as the time goes by, you do get thick skin. You really do. But, you know, if you have really bad anxiety, like me, that person that called you a trash flight attendant, that com- that comment, when you, when they say it to you, into your face right there, you wouldn't phase you, but when you get to your hotel and you're just sitting there for like X amount of hours, 
that comes back to you and it just you just continuously think about it and it just goes through your brain and it sucks. I've had that happen to me before um recently actually and it it upset me and that's why I just think everybody should just check up on their um <clears throat> their friends who are flight attendants or pilots even <clears throat> oh my god because yeah we don't people there are flight attendants out there that have, that have committed suicide and not that many people are caring about it and it sucks there i mean there are people in general out there who are committing suicide because of mental health <clears throat> and and it does suck because it's i don't know it's just, it just sucks and I wish there was more awareness of it. I wish, um, and if you and if you are feeling depressed or suicidal, or if you have severe anxiety, like me, um, less on this. <laughs> if you're feeling like that, just like me, um, please reach out. Please speak up to somebody. I know. I know it's easier said than done. Um, because I didn't talk to anybody for a whole three years. <laughs> and when I finally said something, it, it's, it's progressively got a little better. You know, there are ups and downs. But I promise you, please speak up. Talk to somebody about it. And, yeah, because especially my flight attendant friends, it is it's really incredibly sad to go on our Facebook groups and see that a flight attendant committed suicide. And it's, it's heartbreaking because I, we, I could, it's, I don't know. I can't find the words for it, but it's, it's heartbreaking because it feels like you just lost a member of your family. There are, there are, there are tons and tons of flight attendants out there in this world and we're all like family, I guess you could say. And to read something that's saying that they've committed suicide because they were depressed, it's really heartbreaking. And I I just hope all of my um, friends out there who are watching this, or listening to this, I just want y'all to know that if you need somebody, I am here for you. I, I definitely am. I may be in the air, but I will scam Wi-Fi for you if you need me to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will I will because I don't want people to go through what I am going through because I know I have to look out for myself first. I guess you could I guess I guess whatever, but I'm one of those people who likes to look out for my friends and family before me because I don't know, it's just it's easier. I guess, I don't know. but um, yeah, I just want y'all to just be aware. Um, I know I can be, I can go off. Like if you see me on Twitter, I know I can be, I can act up a little bit, and <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> Twitter is my diary, <laughs> but um, yeah, just kind of check up on your flight attendant friends. I know I've said that like five thousand times already, but just do it. Um, sometimes we're fighting demons and we don't want demons in the, we don't want the devil in this house where, however that, that lyric went for Kanye. I don't know. I don't listen to that man often, 
<laughs> I tried to make it funny, but I couldn't. Um, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to end this podcast on that note. I know it was kind of a shorter one compared to the first two, but um, I wanted to talk about this for a second. May- hopefully on the next podcast, I got suggestions. I'm going to probably talk about those. Um, but yeah, I hope you're all having a good day. Eat fruit. <laughs> uh, remember, trans rights and Black Lives Matter. And I once again, I hope y'all are having a good day.